an entrepreneur who has failed in, uh, in some sort of endeavor um, may be a better CEO of the next company that they start than somebody who simply had a good idea and is doing a startup. Welcome to 20-Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley in partnership with Loomi Tech and sponsored by Hippo Insurance, Turing, Upwest Labs, and Hillel at Stanford. Sometimes one needs to go on a long trip to discover where he came from. Meet Arya Green, Chief Strategy Officer at Gigawatt Global and author of My Israel Trail. Arya is the author of My Israel Trail, finding peace in the promised land about his hike on Shvil Israel, the 700-mile Israel National Trail, and meeting personal challenges, and is the Chief Strategy Officer at Gigawatt Global, a renewable energy platform for Africa based in Jerusalem. Arya is a former senior advisor to Nathan Sharonsky in Israel's Prime Minister office and was the founder and director of Media Central, a Jerusalem project of honest reporting providing services for the foreign press in the region. Arya Green, welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Thank you for joining me. Thanks very much, Michael. Uh, Arya, this is going to be a different episode than we usually have. Usually we talk about a, you know, a technology industry, we talk about a startup, but really the point of this show is, is extracting those nuggets of leadership and entrepreneurship that can come from anywhere. And um, you know, I, as a technology enthusiast, I usually look for them in the technology sphere, but really any leadership or a, a, any form of leadership that is in the technology sphere first comes out from our personal experiences throughout our life, right? And so I'm really excited to talk to you about your insights uh, from uh, in this context. I'm excited to talk to you about uh, your Israel trail, the 700 mile trail and, and your journey and your insights. So Arya, please tell me a little bit about yourself and, and, and let's start going. <laughs> well, thank you, Michael. Thank you for inviting me to be on the show. I don't know how much of a, of a leader uh, I am, but I like the idea of sharing uh, whatever modest uh, uh, wisdom that I've gained in my life experience. I actually did work for many years uh, in high tech, uh, in business. Um, and I actually today, not in high tech, but uh, I'm helping to run a company um, which is uh, bringing renewable energy to Africa. And that's also, I've learned a lot of lessons there, uh, infrastructure related, um, the issue of doing business in developing countries, and of course, renewable energy. But um, yeah, I, I hiked the Israel Trail, the Israel National Trail, which uh, as you said, is about 700 miles long from the, the tip of the country in the south on the Red Sea up to the border with Lebanon in the north. And I did it uh, all by myself. Uh, really? In, uh, over the course of two months. Yep. Over the course of two months with a 25-pound with a pack. Uh, sorry, 25-kilo pack, a 50-pound pack on my back. Um, and wow. I, I, you, you may know this is kind of the, the cohort that, that hikes the trail uh, here in Israel is usually kind of the, the post-army, you know, young 21-year-old right. cohort. I was 51. <laughs> I was 51 when I did it. And I did it for a very specific reason. I was kind of looking to clear my head, as somebody said to me, and, and get out after, uh, uh, a, unfortunately, a devastating divorce, something that I hadn't, I hadn't wanted, was not my choice. And uh, this was really a way for me to almost literally move on uh, with my life. And I learned a lot of lessons uh, on those two months. Um, and really lessons which, which came from the hike itself, the, the physical hike, but really helped me to uh, 
to meet the personal challenge that I was facing in terms of the pain and the and the uh, and the, the difficulties of the of the divorce. And that's where the that's where the book came from. It was kind of a two books in one, like a book about the hike itself and the geography and the history and the people of Israel, uh, and then these five lessons that I learned um, to to meet personal challenges that I that I learned along the way. I, I just love this introduction and I love the idea of the, of the five lessons. So uh, my biggest suggestion is uh, let's run through these five lessons and share with me some of the personal insights that you've gained. I think that it's, it's, it's always incredible listening to you know, the personal challenges that you've gone through and, and how you came on the other side with some insights that are general to problem solving and to tackling these personal challenges that aren't specifically to your situation, but they can be helpful in a, in a multitude of situations. And I'm, so I'm first excited to use, to use the insights you're about to share with me on my own challenges, and, and hopefully they're also relevant for others. So please go ahead. Well, thank you for saying so. And I, and I have to preface anything I say uh, with the remark that the wisdom that I that I gained on this hike, as I said, came from some of the physical challenges uh, and emotional challenges that I was facing. But really, it's based on the time the time honored wisdom of our sages in terms of Jewish tradition and our heritage and and philosophers and uh, and therapists and others uh, over the course of uh, of the last two generations. Um, and and that includes. Uh, um, Victor Frankl's book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning, yes, uh, and uh, and so many others that I was exposed to. Leo Buscaglia uh, down at UCLA in our native California, um, who wrote a lot about love, about acceptance. So the five lessons, it's kind of hard to sum them up, but I can and I will in just five words or five phrases. Uh, obviously, uh, the book itself, each each element, each lesson has at least one chapter, if not two. As I hiked through the the silence of the desert and the hills of the uh, uh, of the north of Israel and along the coast and, and up to and back from Jerusalem, um, but those five lessons I can sum up relatively simply. Uh, the first was humility, uh, this kind of sense of modesty, especially trudging hour after hour, day after day through the the silence of that desert in the Negev in the south of the country, um, understanding the importance of recognizing our place in the world, not to minimize our own challenges and problems, but just to put them in perspective, in a perspective of sorts. And humility was the first lesson. And the second was acceptance. And I, I can't go into the whole story, we don't have enough time, but there were a number of times that I described in the book that I was on the side of a cliff and I didn't know what to do and I had to make a decision and, it, and I basically said to myself, Arie, accept it. Here's where you are on the side of a cliff. You need to now figure out what your next steps are going to be. And so that acceptance, that recognition of reality uh, was the second lesson that, that helped me, for instance, recognizing I never expected to find myself divorced. Here I am. Figure right. out what you're going to do next. The third lesson was, was one of gratitude. Uh, I developed a, a keen sense of appreciation for just everything, for the privilege to be able to hike this land of Israel, you know, to the privilege of living here in Israel after 2,000 years of our peoples uh, being dispersed and, and now coming back to our ancestral homeland. Uh, the appreciation that I had for my friends and family who supported me in the, the difficulties that I was facing. And the truth is, even at the end, uh, as counterintuitive as it may sound, uh, a sense of gratitude for my former wife, for the life that we had built and lived together for 30 years, three children, 
building a home and a, and a life and a community here in Israel. So that was the third lesson, gratitude. The fourth lesson was probably the most difficult for me uh, and can be, I think, for many others, and that was forgiveness. The not just intellectual sense that uh, my wife is an adult woman, she can make her own choices, I have to respect that, but uh, more of a heartfelt kind of gut level sense of, of forgiveness of the hurt that she caused by breaking up our family and, and the pain that she caused me. And I, I uh, learned that lesson from a number of different elements on the trail, which again, I can't go into details, but one of them was walking along the northern border with Lebanon and, and thinking about the Arab-Israel conflict and how hmm. a sense of forgiveness is going to be a very important part of any steps that we want to take towards real peace in our region. Right. Both of, uh, of these communities are going to have to learn how to forgive each other for our either past uh, actions or, or whatever grievances or perceived grievances there, there might be. So those were the, fourth, mm. the four initial lessons. And those four kind of combined together, this humility and acceptance of what is and gratitude for the blessings in my life and a sense of forgiveness for those who have hurt us, kind of combined together on the last week or two of the trail when I was heading home and uh, I recognized, you know, I, I had a goal. The goal was to hike the trail. And I had a goal every day to get to the end of that, uh, whatever that segment was that day and get to where I was supposed to sleep or camp or where I had put some water to, to wait for me in the desert. And obviously my wider goal was to, was to get on with my life, as I said, to, right. to find ways to, to move ahead. But I realized there a week uh, before I, I arrived home, okay, now what? <laughs> I've got to have some sort of, and that's where the ideas of, of goals, of having a, 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 um, a real and concrete set of objectives, whether personal or professional, um, to, to be a, a better father, to, to find new love, to open my winery, having been a, uh, a vintner, I made wine for as a hobby the last uh, 20 years or so here in Israel, um, to change careers and move into renewable energy with my friend Yosef Abramowitz instead of continuing the work that I had been doing in the government and, uh, and uh, in the nonprofit sector and in the business world. Um, so that idea of having a sense of, uh, of goal, of purpose, that brings me around to, to Viktor Frankl's uh, incredible work, uh, the lessons he learned of facing his own challenges, which of course was right. the Holocaust, um, uh, where he discovered and developed a whole theory of psychotherapy called logotherapy, where he discovered that people with a reason to live Within a, with a goal that they set for themselves, right. we're more likely to survive yes. uh, in the camps. And so, and so that, for me, was the fifth lesson, uh, obviously on a more mundane level, not at that terrible and tragic uh, situation. But for all of us, you know, whatever pain or suffering that we're, that we're experiencing, the idea of having a goal, of having an objective, having an aim that we can strive for, uh, gives our life meaning. And so that was the fifth, right. uh, the fifth lesson. So take me back to the beginning of your decision to, to, take, to go on this Israel trail. You're, you're about to embark on this two-month, 700-mile, very lonely, solitary, uh, and oftentimes dangerous journey. Uh, you're hoping to find, it sounds to me like you're hoping to find some clarity as to you know, the, current the current emotional state that you're in. You end up finding that clarity mainly in the, you know, in the solitude, right? In, the, in, the different, in, the, in, your, in your head, in your thoughts, where, whether it's a metaphor for the Arab-Israeli conflict for this acceptance, or whether it's the cliff, or acceptance was more the, the cliff that you had to cross, but for the forgiveness 
uh, on the Arab-Israeli conflict and this idea that, you know, in order to really have peace, whether it's, you know, peace at home or peace with, you know, our neighbors, uh, we first have to learn to forgive in the gut and not, not in the mind. Can you extract a little bit about how we can, you know, how can we again extrapolate these to our everyday things? How can we, you know, besides just reading about it and 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 thinking about it, but really comprehending what's what's the core issue and how we can then, you know, investigate how we're dealing with it? Well, I think we can combine a few things which are relevant for all of us. I'm sure you've read, especially with this series uh, that you've been you've been hosting now for so long. I'm sure you're familiar with Stephen Covey's uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and Principles mm-hmm. of Leadership and what have you. There's no question that, ha- that setting goals are a very big part of that for all of us. Daily goals, weekly, uh, monthly, yearly, five-year goals, lifetime goals, etc. Um, for, for I think for a lot of us, this issue of acceptance can be even on the most simple level, whether it, you, know, you, you trip and stumble physically. Uh, and, and injure yourself, or you trip and stumble in a relationship, or in uh, in a work project. And the idea of recognizing, you know, in the in the venture capital world, there's an understanding that an entrepreneur who has failed in uh, in some sort of endeavor um, may be a better CEO of the next company that they start than somebody who simply had a good idea and is doing a startup. In other words, failure itself is something we learn from and acceptance and humility, uh, both humility and acceptance are a big part of that. Um, And I think when we talk about leadership, I speak a little bit about this in my book, we we also we can go back to to um, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu, to Moses uh, in leading the children of Israel. The, the, The defining characteristic of Moses in the Bible is his modesty, his humility which is a little bit counterintuitive because you expect a leader to be, you know, out there charging uh, in front and telling people what to do and thinking that they know it all. And yet I think for all of us that that sense of modesty and understanding that we don't know everything and that we're just a, a we're an important cog in a wheel, but we're just a small cog in the wheel. We're just, you know, playing whatever role it is that we're playing and everybody has an important role to play. And I think that's that's an important at least takeaway that I had from that first uh, that first period in the in the desert, connecting as it were to our people wandering through the desert, the children of Israel wandering through the desert, our prophets um, getting most of their inspiration in the Judean desert and elsewhere. Um, that kind of a connection for me kind of brought all together, and it brings me back to this idea of humility and uh, and acceptance. I, I just love that. If you look back at your other experiences, you worked in government, in the private sector, in the public sector. Today, you're still active, you know, with uh, with the, with the renewable energy. Talk to me a little bit about how you're seeing, you know, things that perhaps before you would you would it would occupy your mind or your emotions or and now or you know would would cloud your your ability to be a good leader. That now after this experience and after writing this book and and this really you know contemplation you're 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 able to you know have much more clarity about it shrug it off or just you know go beyond it and say you know what this is not that important right now i can i I can go past this well it's funny because again the, the combination of humility and acceptance kind of brings us to that state of recognizing or at least trying to recognize what's really important uh, and, and prioritizing what's really important. And when you're out there hiking the trail and you've got a backpack and literally everything 
your only possessions, the only things you need are your water and uh, not even necessarily a change of clothes, but at least, you know, a, a, right. a warm sleeping bag. Um, with your needs reduced to such a basic kind of subsistence level, yes, right. it, it gave me great perspective. And that's obviously one of the things that, that helped me to, to not just meet my challenge and get over my sadness and my anguish and my pain, but also to look ahead. Um, and, and the truth is, there's also an element of, uh, of understanding if we are, uh, if we have that perspective of, um, of uh, recognizing that, you know, not everything is about us, then we also can be open to, to different kinds of possibilities for ourselves. Right. Uh, and priorities that we weren't necessarily, not that we take, for, take them for granted, but, you know, I talk about the gratitude I had for my friends and my family. I mean, I, I have always been a communicator. I've always been a, a connector and, and very connected with my friends and family. Um, but the hike experience and these learnings basically made me even more so and put a greater priority um, on, on that. The truth is it was true in the business, in, in my business experience as well. I always wanted uh, and moved from different businesses and back and forth into the public, uh, from the private sector right. into the public sector because I wanted to do more, to do more good as it were. But one of the decisions I took towards the end of the trail was I was going to leave the position that I was in and join uh, this company doing renewable energy for Africa because it was going to enable me to combine my interest in business and profit with an interest in doing something good for the world uh, and doing something right. that I love at the same time. Uh, and, and somebody famous uh, once shared with, with me or somebody, somebody close to me, my, my wife now shared with me that somebody famous once said, um, find something that you love to do and something that you're good at uh, and find a way to get paid for it. <laughs> and there's a Japanese, there's a, a, a Japanese philosophy that kind of combines those three. Find something right. you're, you're, that you love to do and that you're good at and you can get paid for with something that the world needs. Um, right. And so for me, moving into building renewable energy, solar and wind uh, hydro projects in Africa, and uh, some of the poorest countries on the planet, uh, really does um, fill kind of all four of those, those categories. I love that. Arie, you know, in the short amount of time that we have left, I would love to pick your brain on some really key things that I should be keeping in mind for myself as I, you know, approach this world of venture entrepreneurship and the things that I want to be, uh, you know, I want to be working on and the challenges that I'll be tackling with. You know, what, what are some really key things you would say to a young entrepreneur as they're just starting their journey from, you know, the wealth of challenges and experiences you've accumulated, uh, you know, in your experience? Well, without question, one would be this issue of finding something that you love to do. Uh, obviously, everybody needs to make a living. Um, and I suppose within the business world, everybody wants to find a unicorn or be involved in some very successful business. Um, but I think that, that our generation, meaning my generation, and now then your generation, the, the newer generations, let's say, that have come in the last uh, few, into maturity in the last few decades, recognize that there's a lot more to life than going to work and coming home and, uh, and having a nice car. Um, and whether it's right. climate change or whether it's you know, equality or whether it's uh, addressing food scarcity or, or health issues right. around the world, there's so much that technology and that the business world can offer to solve the world's problems 
You know, we call it in the impact investment world, we call it doing well by doing good. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and this idea of bringing a values lens to the business world is something that I would definitely continue to encourage the younger generation for a very specific reason. I love that. Because you, you can invent, you know, the, the most terrific new technology or platform or application or, or software, what have you. Um, but in the end, you're not going to 10 or 20 or 30 years with all your wealth, uh, wealth um, later feel the sense of fulfillment or that you've contributed to humanity in the way that you will if that technology or that platform or that software comes to serve a social good, if it comes to, to provide an answer to one of the pressing social or health or environmental or economic you know, problems love that you're facing the world today. I love that and I think that, that that sense of responsibility and, and uh, maturity and taking ownership not just of our career but taking ownership of society and saying you know if you have the if you if you have that urge for urgency for leadership and innovation then part of that urgency and part of the responsibility that you have innately by being a leader is to be a responsible leader and part of that responsible leadership is not just for your own team but it is how does your team affect the rest of the world and are you making the most positive impact and obviously then it's always a balance uh, but I think one thing that we've learned is that it's very very possible to balance those two things together make a very positive impact and be very successful uh, and so uh, uh, Arya I really want to thank you for coming on this show it was really really fantastic I have the most important question that I have to ask which is three words that you would use to describe yourself huh. um, right right um, so that's a difficult one, Michael. Yes. So I would say um, optimism uh, is is one definitely. Uh, love uh, from every angle, um, and I guess um, communication. <laughs> I'm a communicator. I, and love I believe that. in communication. Arya, thank you very, very much. This was wonderful. Thank you for spending this time with me. And uh, stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Stay safe and stay sane.